0: Hard Liquor and Hunting Stories podcast. Proudly brought to you by Bolt Action Coffee, Safari Club International Calgary Chapter, and Best Seven Barbers. Production assistance provided by Fighting Spirit Productions. Now, kick back with a cold one, relax, and enjoy our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody. You're listening to the Hard Liquor and Hunting Stories podcast. I'm your host, Mark Fuschko, and I'm joined by my co-host, Blair. Okay, fantastic. Thank you, Blair Hell or fuck. Thank you, Booze Hound Blair, for that fantastic introduction. Speaking of great introductions, today we're joined by our good friend, Logan Gerlitz. We're also joined by our fantastic bartenderess, Cassandra. Cassandra, what are we drinking today?
1: Today we're going to be drinking a scotch-based drink called the Penicillin. You're going to start with a lowball glass and take two ounces of a single, sorry, a blended scotch, a quarter of an ounce of a single malt scotch. You're going to take three quarters of an ounce of a honey ginger simple syrup.
0: Wow, that looks good.
1: And three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice. Throw it into a cocktail shaker. You're going to shake that all up until it's nice and cold and then strain over one large ice cube into your glass. Garnish with either candied ginger or a nice little zest, like orange zest.
0: Oh wow, fantastic! Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna just pass them off over here right now, and um, I'm gonna enjoy this the whole length of the show. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Fantastic. Thank you. So, as I said in our uh, exceptionally fantastic intro today, Blair and I were joined by Logan Gerlitz. Logan, thanks for coming. Thanks for being here. How you doing, man?
2: Oh, not bad, not bad. Be a oh. little bit better after a couple of scotches, but not so bad at all.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a terrific cocktail, actually, and I feel like the more I have, uh, the better my face feels, and the more I like to talk on the microphone, so hopefully I won't say too much. Blair, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing all right. Fantastic. Just all right. That's better than zero. <laughs> So just a quick introduction about Logan. Logan and I met through our local Safari Club International Chapter, known each other for a number of years. Logan has had the good fortune to hunt not only all over Alberta, Western Canada, internationally as well. He's a really good sportsman, really great friend of mine, has had the opportunity to do some really fantastic hunts, Uh, is involved very much in the local industry. Logan, what can you tell us about yourself, your background, where do you come from, where did you grow up, etc.?
2: Yeah, well, north of Calgary. Um, I grew up on a ranch north of Calgary, and uh, coming from that, um, got into the oil field and kind of took off from there, and yeah, I don't know how much else you really really want if you don't know, want something specific.
0: Well, no, because I was trying to get dirt on you the whole time before we recorded this, but everybody's pretty tight-lipped, so I'm like, damn, Logan's got his shit together. Yeah, you just uh. pay him enough. You just pay
2: him enough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I see. We also have your lovely wife, Stacy. She's with us here. I see her looking kind of out the window. Being very, very embarrassed to come here. You want to say hi, Stacey? Can you say hi on the microphone? Say it later. Okay, fantastic. She'll join us later. Maybe she'll get a few of these fantastic cocktails on her and she'll join us. So, Logan, when we last talked, or sorry, when we were talking about the show, we were talking about a really, uh, a really cool hunt you had done. How did? Tell me about your hunting background. Did you grow up hunting? Was it something your family did all the time? What did you guys go after?
2: Things yeah, like that. no, actually it wasn't. My grandfather was a big sheep hunter. Um, my old man, he, he never really was into it at all. So I hunted a little bit with my grandfather <clears throat> when he was done. Um, I pretty much took off on my own with that. So most of it's been self-taught and that's kind of why I pushed so hard to get the youth involved and to try and mentor everybody. Cause I, I really didn't have too many people involved in, in an early year. So.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, it's definitely like a lot of people. It's hard to kind of find that mentorship because a lot of families, especially mine kind of got out of hunting because once they. Hunting was how they put food on the table, and once they had the money to put food on the table, hunting kind of by, fell by the wayside, and hunting for sport wasn't really a thing no, that they did no, at all, right? No, like, no, no, no. They're like, that's what you do when you're poor, and you have to feed the family the only way you can. <laughs> like, was that the same in your family, Blair? I think it was a little bit of a different dynamic in Manitoba. No, I, I grew up hunting. Everybody in my family hunted. My grandfather was a prolific hunter. Everything in Manitoba you could hunt. It was pretty pretty much a family thing for you guys oh, though, yeah, right? 100%, 100%. It was it was kind of like your church, if you will. You all kind of got together and and made it happen, right?
2: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: So you hunted a lot locally, obviously. Did you go for sheep mostly or did you kind of go for whitetail? No, um, I, to be honest, know?
2: growing up, never had enough money to go for sheep. So I was a whitetail deer slayer more than anything else, right? Oh, a couple awesome. of geese here and there, but yeah, it was all whitetail. And then back when you could still bow hunt on a general tag here, uh, From year that's that was a lot of a lot of what I did right so awesome so what what
0: was it like getting your first year <laughs> cold <laughs> <laughs> down cold awesome awesome was it
2: uh, I, mean, I know I'm supposed to say that it was a wonderful experience and it was so great and I was so proud to be a sportsman it, it was just fucking cold <laughs> <laughs> well I'm glad you remember something about
0: it because I'm sure when you got it the gear probably wasn't that great they probably just kind of outfitted you with whatever they randomly had available for you to try to keep you warm and if you said you were cold you know tough it up what's wrong with you right yep. you're cold <laughs> enough to be out here yeah no you're you're good but need, needless to say you were hooked right mm-hmm. so i know yep. i know you're big into hunting kind of globally uh what was your first overseas hunt that you did
2: uh first overseas hunt uh well i guess technically it wasn't overseas but i was down in texas for a hog hunt oh awesome yeah yeah the guy was an asshole <laughs> What, what was it? What was it about it that just
0: kind of left a sour taste in your mouth?
2: Ah, uh, he was just a dick. Uh, right up to the part where he was hitting on my girlfriend while I was sitting in the back seat of the truck. So. What? Yeah. Well, my wife now, not separate girlfriend, wife now. Um, how, how deep? How deep in
0: the heart of Texas were you guys? Was Was there not a lot of women around? Like, was he? Was he just so happy to see well, some ladies what? around,
2: or or what was his deal? No. If you listen really quiet, you could hear the banjos.
0: Oh, yeah, we were that far out. Oh, that's awesome. That reminds me of where my folks grew up. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how'd you find your way down there? Like just on a whim? Did you win it at an auction? Did you just decide to go because it was kind of on your bucket list?
2: No, nah, guys got to go. Nice. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's pretty affordable to go down to Texas, isn't it?
2: Yeah, Texas is pretty good. So I, I would really recommend that you screen who you're going with, get some references. I had no idea about that looking back hindsight 2020 yeah definitely get some references and stuff do your homework right so how how did you find this guy google Google, Google. You just hit the good old goggled machine, and then not and you only used
0: the top one, and you just said, "That's where I'm going." I'm doing no, no. It. He
2: wasn't even the top one. I look for the cheapest on Google. Oh, I've made that mistake myself several yeah. times. Yes, yeah. Because if you're gonna do- if you're gonna put your life in somebody else's hands, why would you go with the most expensive, right? Well, I came
0: from a, a career in the armed forces, so going with the cheapest guy with or the cheapest gear with your life on the line was is not unusual for me. <laughs> uh- <coughs> so you found him on Google. Yep. Kind of.
2: Uh, and then just kind of flew down, just sent it or or was it a little more to it than that? Oh uh, no, we drove down, so that was a uh thirty hour bonding experience in the truck um <laughs> Pretty stoked to get out of that, actually. So you guys brought
0: your own gear across the border.
2: So yeah, we did. Yeah. Any,
0: any challenges at the border?
2: No, we didn't have any. We didn't bring the rifles across. We brought the bows across. We didn't bring rifles that time. First okay. time out, we weren't entirely sure how it works out, um, and we were scared. Every, everybody says it's a big deal. It's it's not a big deal, but everybody says it is, right? So.
0: Yeah, and you gotta you gotta kind of trust the the voices that you think to know that you put faith that they have a clue
2: yeah well' again, going on right uh, I, I was back on the outdoor forums and, and google again i well, i really i quit using Google I really did
0: yeah yeah i I feel you for sure so needless to say you didn't have the best experience hunting outside of alberta the first go round so clearly you found the will to carry on what was uh a, after that like um because i'm I'm trying to work you towards this one hunt uh, I think you and I discussed last time we talked but you know, I like kind of, I like kind of seeing this build and where that's going. So, what was what was your next hunt after Texas? Your kind of, uh, well, your rotten pig experience, for lack of a better term.
2: Uh, yeah. Well, it would have been South Africa actually. Um, Stace and I, we uh, we got married in South Africa, and I used that as an awesome excuse to go on a hunt. Oh my God, that was genius. Yeah, Best oh, yeah. thing like ever. Yeah, working the system, right?
0: God, why did I have to go to Hawaii like every other sucker? <laughs> actually, I tried to do a hunt while we were there, but man, they they charge you an arm and a leg and. I only got half of that. You should have anyway, Googled it. I should have Googled it. But anyway, so you guys went down there. Did you get married at the, like, did you go with the farm? Like, how, how, what was the hunting there like that you went with?
2: Uh, well, I guess, so the marriage was awesome. That was $1,500, um, and away we go. So the rest of it was totally the hunt. Um, <clears throat> 1500 bucks and counting. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Find one that uh, likes to hunt, they said. It'll be cheap, they said. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. So then the hunt was, uh, it was Limpopo, South Africa. So you get what you get in Limpopo. Um, awesome hunting. It is low veld, so it's, it's flat and it's sandy. Um, but yeah, no, we had a heck of a great time, took some awesome animals and, uh, yeah, it, it really set the hook for going back again. Awesome.
0: So how, uh, what did you think of your first African experience? Cause I, I recall like growing up and watching a lot of these shows on, on various outdoor channels and everything. And really, to be honest, I don't know Blair, I don't know how you felt about this, like I watched a lot of these shows, and it they made the hunting in South Africa or, seemed, or sorry, just in Africa in general, seem kind of unappealing to me like uh, I, don't, I don't know what do you guys what do you guys think? Yeah. Do you think there's a real kind of distortion of what hunting in Africa is versus the reality of what it's actually like? Oh, well, I know it's nothing like I expected. I yeah, not even close. It was just like just like hunting here in Canada. <clears throat> Was, wasn't anything like I'd seen in hunting shows before.
2: Is that is that true for you as well, Logan? Ah, oh, you can do whatever you want in South Africa, right? You want to shoot out of the truck? You can shoot out of the truck. I never was interested in that. And the guys that I uh, I, I hooked up with to go um, outside of Google, um, no, we had a hell of a great time. <laughs> That's it, awesome. it was tough. It was challenging. It was you're tired at the end of every night, and when you do finally shoot something, you you earned it. Same as you shoot here.
0: Yeah, like I remember, there's days like on some hunts where be like four or five days just to just get on the animal and the way it's portrayed kind of in in some of these shows i know they have a limited time and they got it they got to really sell that kill shot for lack of a better term but when i went there man it was uh it was was just this great kind of i don't want to say a coming home experience because i don't know if i can describe it as that but it was just something captivating and i got the bug and clearly you you guys got the bug big time because how many times have you returned uh, South Africa is three,
2: looking at the fourth time here coming up in August. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah.
0: But you guys didn't just limit yourself to Africa?
2: Nope, nope. No, every continent so far except uh, Antarctica. And it turns out you're not allowed to hunt penguins. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and, and
0: Australia, yeah. Oh shit. So where did you guys go to after after you kind of, uh, I don't want to say you tapped out on Africa because nobody's ever finished no. with Africa. So what kind of, what, what?
2: What kind of captivated you and kind of uh, drew you in in your next hunt? Um, honestly, so when, once you go down the rabbit hole, you start meeting these people in, in the international hunting community. It kind of just builds on itself, right? So the next hunt found us in Europe. Uh, we were in England. Norwich, England, and and again had an awesome experience for a traditional English hunt. Oh, I I love that though. I love the pomp <laughs> and circumstance. I
0: love the I love the attire I love... and the knee high socks. Oh yes, the bricks. Indeed. Oh, I don't man. think I look so great in knee high socks anymore, but what, what did you go hunt in England? That's England doesn't pop into
2: my mind when I think hunting. At so all. literally went for the jack and stayed for the red stag and the fallows. So, but jack I'd have to say, I've wanted one since I was a little kid. And fantastic hunt. Fantastic. Oh,
0: wow. Red stag, are they native
2: to England? No, they're not actually. So... The red stag aren't native. No, no. But they've become... um, Oh, what's the term? Uh, They're there. They're there now in the ecosystem. So you can hunt them in deer park or you can hunt them in the wild. It's as wild as England gets.
0: So what's it like hunting in the UK like
2: you, you nailed it pomp and circumstance you nailed it there's there's a there's a
0: culture and a tradition to kind of everything that
2: they do right? and the, and that's what i was after when i went there I, I really wanted to break into that bit of culture like it, it is the old world thispian type type hunting right so you're not here where you're painting your face all sorts of colors to try and blend into the duck blind or or putting deer piss on your on your boots so you can leave a scent trail you're you're, you're properly addressed in the proper Berkshire attire, and you're out in the middle of the deer puck, and it is what it is.
0: That's awesome. I've always kind of wanted to shoot a deer with a tie, and uh, one time I had the good fortune to go to this pheasant shooting club. It's a private members club, and I was like, oh, it's pheasant. I have to go full sand on the attire. So <laughs> I, I wore my uh, my old school field tie. With the shirt, and then because I got to be Canadian, I was wearing flannel on top, so I was kind of wearing the Alberta dinner jacket to go do it. Nice. And I had I had my Italian pipe out, just just hitting it on the back of my buddy's. This is gonna sound awful. His Porsche, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and these guys came up looking at me like I was just right out of outer space. Hey, eh? they came up to me. Oh, looking pretty sophisticated there. <laughs> and I I had no reply other than just, Yep. <laughs> Hunt, hunting in the uk wow yeah. that's that's awesome yeah i got in
2: shit for laying on the ground really yeah fallow deer were out about 300 yards so um i laid down to take the shot off of uh off a of bipod there and the the deer stalker looked at us or the gamekeeper looked at me and said, the grass is wet so don't lay down
0: <laughs> but this is in england right because i know in yeah, scotland, yeah. scotland they're a little more um uh, from what i understand they're a little they invented the ghillie suit they're a little more into the stalking ethos if you will and i and i hear they're a little more uh Wi- willing to to get down and dirty, for lack of a better term, or it could yeah. just be because the terrain is different. It just allows for that. Well, and I and
2: to be fair, I signed up for a proper English hunt, a, a traditional type hunt, and that's exactly what I got, and it was fantastic experience. So
0: awesome! So, I make
2: fun of it all the time, but it was a fantastic. Oh, that experience.
0: sounds awesome, though. I'm so into that. You know what? I think my wife would be really into that, actually. But with so. Did they serve you breakfast? Did you have tea out in the field? Were you in kind of this extended, uh, beautiful Land Rover Defender? Like, how, what was no, what was that like? We
2: came back to the pub for everything. It was awesome. That's where I developed my addiction to single malt scotch, actually. So. Oh, fantastic. Yeah.
0: So, what what, what was it that uh, that kind of hooked you in that pub and that uh, kind of got us on this train today? Because I'm not going to lie, we've got quite the selection here, and that
2: initial cocktail is just, uh, sent me into good times. Oh, you got to picture this, right? Great big fireplace. Or Irish elk over top of it they dug out of a bog which was totally cool oh wow yeah so roaring fire little meal or little meat cutlets all over the table and then just a variety of single malt scotches who wouldn't become addicted to that
0: oh no doubt so was there a
2: so you you get your animal was there a certain game
0: preparation because I know they have a little bit different way of doing things there was there was the meal different than what you're more accustomed to
2: what was that like? No, I got to say, it was pretty much the same, right? So season, oh, okay. seasoned meat. The, the cool thing there is everything that we shot went automatically to the kind of local pub. So then you could order your jack that night for supper along with everybody else who was in the pub or your fallow deer along oh, That's with awesome. Yeah, it was great, right? Oh, dude, that is, oh, man. Man, was
0: yeah. awesome. for Like, that's kind of like rare for, to be able to eat your animal yeah. on a hunt. That's, exactly. pretty, that's pretty sweet. And yeah. how manly, right? Sitting oh, there yeah, drinking exactly. scotch. It's like, yeah, I killed this. Oh man, I would be so awful to everybody in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great. Man, see what? I'm a little disappointed cuz the only British hunting show I've ever seen, they were they hunting roe deer on in some farmer's uh, ranch, I guess they don't call them ranches there, but they were all hunting on segways. <laughs> 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 I thought I was going to get to hear a good segway story, but Yeah, just... <laughs> sorry dude. <laughs> that's, that's next the, time hunting in the future. Oh man, that's gold. You know, we might all have to do that because that's a cyborg upgrade. See, <laughs> <laughs> so hunted in England. Did you, did you do continental Europe at all or is that kind of not something yet. You're saving I, for later? I, I
2: will be, but not yet. yet. Uh, Got to do Romania for fallow for deer. It's supposed oh, wow. to be. Or Hungary as well, yeah. I,
0: I really want to go to Germany because like, uh, some of the hunts they have there just look phenomenal. Yeah. And having, uh, having some German roots, I, uh, yeah, I'd be very keen to kind of experience that whole tradition because there's a whole different... Um, way of doing it there's a certain hunting culture it's this big
2: experience right well and that's a cool thing with europe right like that that's really what you go to europe to hunt with is is the culture right it's that that's the tradition there is is second to none
0: right because like here we have so much wilderness and so much opportunity but i tell everybody we have no tradition man it's 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 tough yeah like there's uh you look at the indigenous groups here they've got some very very fascinating neat traditions and 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 Blair and I were really lucky. We have a, a few indigenous friends, and they kind of bring us in on theirs. But they always like to screw with us. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I can't really tell because, like, sometimes one of our buddies, he'll, he'll say something, and he'll, he'll talk about this really in-depth spiritual meaning of something. And we're like, oh, that's really cool. He's like, no, nah, I just made that up on the spot, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 you know, we try to approach it with a degree of humility. But, like, they're really cool with huh? because, like, his skills are just insane. Yeah. Like, like, they're, he's probably one of the best hunters I know. Uh, I, I would put him against any South African PH, and he would probably, probably outperform. But you know what I will say? Some of those indigenous uh, African trackers and guides, the skills those guys have, dude, it is otherworldly. Yep. Uh, like yeah.
2: Like, it is, it is so impressive. And
0: this guy's going to be pretty clutch for sure.
2: You ever think you're in good shape too? Follow one of them through the bush. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Just
0: picking out all the thorns and they're going through in shorts looking at you like you're the weakest person they've ever seen. That's
2: almost how I lost my leg game. Oh, Christ. Yeah. Tell me more. Uh, I took a shot at a kudu. uh, Hit it. Not well. Um, Started following the trackers and they were moving, right? Anyways, come up out of a little bit of a ravine, smacked one of the aloes in eastern in the eastern cape, which if you've ever seen one of those, they're massive, they're not oh, like yeah. the cute little aloes we hear that you know all the girlfriends use for whatever they use them for. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, these things are eight feet tall and ten oh, inches. Yeah. And anyways, uh, bounced me into a thorn tree and I got two thorns in the back of my leg, didn't oh. know it, kept going, right? Kept going, kept going. That night, um, I thought I got both of them out and I missed about a quarter of an inch, went down inside my muscle sheath, my... Anyways, um, long story short, because we haven't had that much booze yet, uh, I show back <laughs> up in Calgary, and uh, yeah, my my leg was swollen up just like a basketball. It was unreal. So um, to the part where I couldn't even really wear my jeans, right? So my wife asked me, she goes, "What's wrong with your leg?" I go, "Well, check this out." So I dropped my pants right in the Calgary airport, showed Beauty. her, yeah, yeah, showed her, and yeah, my leg swelled. She goes, "Mm-hmm, yeah, that's hospital." So we went in, and of course. My my doctor's from South Africa, right? So he's like, "Oh yeah, take these, lots of these," and uh, yeah, I didn't know what we all thought it'd all come out, but about two months later, it worked its way out. It was about probably another half inch of thorn.
0: Those thorns though, they're they're pretty metal. Like they look like they're something out of a Tim Burton movie. Yeah. Or, yeah. Like they're they're pretty aggressive. Yeah. So you did you did Africa, you did England. Oh man, I gotta I gotta start checking off all these places I want to do next. So we, we talked about uh, you were hunting in, I think, Central Asia. Yep. Yep. And it was rather, I will say unusual. Colorful. Like, <laughs> Colorful. You know, it's kind of a hunt that I think everybody out west kind of aspires to because um, yeah. I, I think you are on horseback. Like, what, yeah. What was yeah. it?
2: What, sorry. Yeah. Can, you fill, can you give us the brief, give us the backstory of where you were, what you
0: were going after.
2: Yeah. So 10 days Kyrgyzstan uh, horseback hunt for Ibex, Mid-Asian Ibex up in the Tinshen Range. So right on the Chinese border, actually. It was cool um it was so to, i guess to try and kind of frame where we were when you're riding in you still see all the downed aircraft there was a war between kyrgyzstan and and china right so there's still all the aircraft parts that are laying around and um we'd be riding along and and one of the guides would look and go
0: oh there 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 there
2: and there's literally graves mounted up stones where we were so it was it was a conflict area or a past conflict area it was pretty 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 intense on so you feel like you're walking in the valley, of ghosts almost. Yeah, it was pretty. Add in the elevation and a little bit of uh, altitude sickness, and not quite being there, and it was like, well, oh, so, you get
0: those little reminders that you're you're not you're somewhere else. You're not at home, right? Yeah, you're not in Kansas yeah. anymore. <laughs>
2: right when you step off the plane, there's a guy standing there screaming in Russian, and the the bigger you smile, because everybody likes to smile, right? Canadians are friendly, <laughs> always smile. Yeah, the the broader your smile, the more pissed off he gets. So it's kind of <laughs> like shit. <laughs> I, I was really counting on that. <laughs> you're,
0: you're doing all your stretches, getting ready for the full body cavity, sir. <laughs> I don't think Russians Russians don't smile. Isn't that their Isn't that their thing? It's a It's a cultural thing. But yeah, like they showing weakness or something. Perhaps you know what? I'm not. Uh, I'm not I think culturally. That's bullshit. I got Russian in my background. I'm culturally aware enough. I don't know. But you've been You've been inculturated to grow up here. So how How did you find this hunt, man? That sounds like a a real—I don't want to say niche hunt, but that sounds like one everybody wants to do, but
2: few, few people pull the trigger on. Yeah, so this is a really opportunity to do it. So really deep story on this one. Was having a shit summer at work, so I phoned up one of my booking agent buddies and was like, "Dude, I need to get the fuck out of here. Where can I go that's not here?" And he's like, "Ha ha, got a place." <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy and how do I find his phone number? Yeah, uh, uh, Sean Porter. Shout out for Sean <laughs> Porter right now for Global Outdoors. Oh, but uh, yeah, he he hooked me up with it and we, we went back and forth with a couple of different destinations. And this one, I was, I had to kind of bring him back around um, with kind of like, no, nobody I want out of the fucking way. Nobody wants to go to this camp. And that's exactly what I got. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. So you talked to this guy, did he just kind of give
0: you. A portfolio or did he just kind of lean back and say, I got this. I got the one for you and deliver this hunt for
2: you. So funny story in this, I even left Google alone. Um, I hooked up with him. We chatted about it. And after that, I had agreed, yep, no, this is where I want to go. So phoned up one of my buddies that uh, about a year before was saying he wanted to come with me on my next hunt. He was actually laying in his bed still down in uh, Missoula or wherever the hell he was. So I uh, did absolutely no research, said he wanted to go. Is cool, <laughs> okay. You even know where I had Kyrgyz- never been there. Yeah, You know where Kyrgyzstan is? No, but if you're going, it'll be good. Um, yeah, and that was that. After that, I told Sean I don't really want to know much about it. Give me the bare bones, what I need for equipment, who I'm going with, that kind of stuff. And other than that, I don't want to know anything about it. I wanted to go in blind.
0: There's, there's kind of a, a sense of adventure to that, not knowing Yeah, and there's yeah there, man. Yeah, because like, there's sometimes where you look too much into something, and then when it's Yeah, you not, ruin it. Yeah, you're not quite sure. Yeah. Or, I don't know. That's still a little brave, though. Yeah, well, you got to... I don't know. Like like we're saying, you ruin it if you look into it too deep, right? So what what was the quarry you were going after? What game were you looking for? Mid-Asian Ibex. So what... Uh, you know, I will say I've seen Ibex, perhaps on TV, perhaps on the Internet, probably in video games because I've been to
2: bars, and everyone has Buck Hunter. Fair play. Describe one. Oh, three hundred pounds of really stinky goat. But
0: well, they got those cool kind of almost saber. Uh, yeah, they got kind know, of. I, like, is it safe to, Is it fair to call them antlers? Like, what do you? What do you? no, um, they're a horn, man. They're
2: horn. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a so it's a goat, right? So. Okay. Um, antlers shed, horns don't. These ones don't shed. Um, Anywhere between a meter and up is kind of what people look for. Meters, meter longhorns is is uh, not quite big enough, but and they got a ton of ridges on them, correct? Yeah, you bet, you, you bet.
0: And that's kind of like what they use when they're leveraging and fighting, etc. Yep. yep. Yeah, because I think I was at a friend of our, a mutual friend of ours, Bob Merkley's house. Oh yeah. And he, I was at his garage the other day. Here, I'll bring up the photo right now for you. Hey. And apparently, he had just had one arrive, and. Maybe in the curious guy, and I had a couple of pilsners, because, you know, Bob's from Saskatchewan. What's this here? <laughs> he was kind of going through the whole story of how he got it, and, man, that just sounds, man, that sounds like such an adventure to get them.
2: So, funny story. Two weeks after I left, he showed up in the same camp.
0: Oh, really? No yeah. way. Wow, that is such a,
2: a yes. small world story, right? So, yeah, what are the odds, right? Um he he got snowed out quite a bit on his, but um, it, it just is what it is. I went right at the end of the season and I was trying to trying to beat the weather and he was just that little bit too long and he still got a beautiful animal. But um, yeah, I, end of October, I wouldn't really push it further than that. He pushed it a little bit further and got snowed in for a couple of days.
0: Do you got to be in good shape to that there? All the pictures, Zyla look looks like everything is like straight up.
2: Yeah, so it depends. Like there, it's like anywhere else, South Africa, anywhere else. The guides will really kind of play to your, play to play to your um your fitness. Um, I put in six months straight up. It was not long enough. So, uh, like I've been after I got home, I hit the gym hard, and I've been in the gym for what, two years now. And yeah, it's the yeah the, the thought of going back keeps me in there. Yeah. yeah, there was, it was cool because everything you read online about, oh, you have to get in physical shape, sheep shape and this. Yeah, it's all bullshit. Um, there's a couple of things you want to do. Interval training being the biggest one. Um, but it, other than that, in your recovery. Did, did you find the altitude was the
0: hardest problem? Like, I've got some experience in high altitude and you, when you're walking, you take a step and it feels like you just did a giant wind sprint. Dude, there's no fucking air. Well, yeah, but you're going to have the <laughs> giant lug pack. Yeah. <gasps> Can I, can I tell this story, Blair? Can yeah. I tell the story? So, so, so Blair and I—I kind of challenged Blair to do some some working out with me fairly oh, yeah, recently. yeah, Okay, so there's a there's this workout park. It's an outdoor workout park. It's a nice day. Oh, cool. Hey man, let's come do a workout. So the first day, uh, Blair, I challenge him to my workout. The next day, Blair is like, you know, I'm too sore to do that. I'm just gonna kind of do my own thing. And of course, you know, I'm chirping him. They're like, hey, look at me, I'm super. Like, I was kind of chirping a little bit. And he's like, no, no, I'm gonna really work on legs. I'm gonna do some sprints and running. So you know I'm caring about my regular workout, and then I just hear Liz, like this noise, and I look over, and Blair is on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I was doing a bunch of box jumps before, and then I thought I could do some sprints afterwards, and that was a mistake. Yeah, so he he's doing these sprints, and he's doing a couple of them successfully, and then he starts to do his last ones, and he just wiped out and did like the biggest cartoon dad wipeout I think I'd seen in in a while, and it was quite <laughs> funny. But the but he picks himself up. And rather than just kind of like sort himself out, I see him doing the look around <laughs> <laughs> to Did make sure no one saw and I totally saw him. So yeah, I had I had my uh, I, I had laugh mode engaged to full. Is that enough working out though for that?
2: <laughs> well, the guy that I went with put in six weeks. Oh wow. Oh yeah, yeah. He was uh, of walking, power walking, right? So uh, he's a bit of an enough. older boy, hell of a good guy, but he's a bit of an older boy. So I put in six months of on the treadmill. Busting my ass and he put in a solid six weeks. Oh, oh, man. So
0: you need more. Like if you're just some guy who like you hike a lot in the, the Rockies here or you're spending a lot of time in Montana, that's that's not enough physical shape. You so need for
2: Ibex hunting, give up right now. Um, what you need to do is your intervals, right? This whole endurance thing and oh, yeah, we'll power through, we'll power through is totally bullshit. Um, you need to be able to go hard or go at least, and then stop, recover fast, and go again. Because if you think you're going to be able to do it for ten days, it ain't going to happen, right? So, did you take altitude sickness pills with you, or I took them with me. Never took them. Oh, Ended really? up wow. with altitude sickness. Take oh, your, take your pills. Oh no way.
0: So <laughs> yeah. I was in uh, I was in Africa doing some climbing, and uh, this a good friend of mine he had um, he had a, a certain allergy that they wouldn't allow him to uh, take the standard. Uh, high altitude pills so they Mm. gave him viagra and i remember we're on the trail and he just looks at me he's like dude sounds like a hard way to climb indeed (laughs) 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 and he and he looks at me and he goes dude i got the biggest rager right now (laughs) you know you're into it when right yeah and i was like i don't think you like climbing that much but here we are (laughs) so it's just something i guess to keep in mind right like if you uh if you have some kind of
2: um I'm just worried what my wife would think if she saw me packing Viagra for Central Asia. I don't know if that would be a good conversation to have. <laughs> yeah, honey, it's just for the altitude. Isn't it? <laughs> no, no, I <I'm laughs>
0: swear. Yeah, sure it is. I have no idea why I'm stopping at seven layovers along the way. It's uh, it's I, I think place. I'll just take the prescribed al- or altitude pills. I don't know why there's a seven-day layover in Las Vegas. I, it's <laughs> so, but, so it was tough physically. Um, yeah. Your horsemanship...
2: Was that was that a, a barrier? Was that a challenge to no, get saddle sores? No, I grew up breaking colts, right? So we're, oh, we're good that way yeah me and buddy it was probably why we got into the country we got into he grew up doing rodeo and i grew up uh up breaking colts so we uh we kind of had a leg up on the next guy type thing right so oh, no doubt yeah so so how were the mounts that they gave you were they good quality were they really sure-footed were the saddles okay unreal man the mounts were unreal we don't have anything in north america that i've ever seen like it right just bomb proof or um, yeah yeah and the, the country they go through is just unreal as far as the saddle goes dude being six foot two not cool, not cool. <laughs> Bring your own stirrup leathers. It oh. it sucks unless you want your knees behind your ears the entire time. It's yeah. Oh, it, is it just the, the stirrups too short or? Oh yeah, yeah. They're mm. made for like five foot five guys. So. Oh and, man. Yeah.
0: Oh, but where the guides good? Like, if you're a guy like me who's only ridden a horse like handful of times in his life, could you could you pull it off? That's yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Same thing as everything else, right? They'll they'll find a horse for you that'll that'll take your whatever your your your, your um amateurisms or whatever you want to call it so do you have uh do
0: you have a cool horse name yeah horse his name was horse yeah my Uh horse oh that's a bummer i I was hoping he'd have like a really quirky name like no hey
2: to be (laughs) fair though i called it my horse that was 10 days nobody else rides my fucking horse (laughs) because it was the only one that was broke (laughs) So,
0: so so walk us through the process so were you guys kind of keeping your eyes open the whole way on your, on your yeah. way up to camp? Did they have kind of a permanent structure that you stayed in or was it more kind of ad hoc? You guys would just kind of go around on these various high features on your mounts all day long and then say, this sounds like a good spot
2: to stop. Let's set up camp here. Or So when you come into Bishkek, which is the capital of Kyrgyzstan, um, they throw you in a truck and off you go, right? You show up at camp at probably around 11 o'clock at night. It's, it's a long day um the next morning you wake up and it's like huh this is not kansas not only can i not breathe there's no trees there's no nothing um so you sight in your rifle off your head that day and you get right in as soon as your rifles are sighted you get right into the hunting and it's from there it's uh the, i think every every guide on the planet kind of tests maybe maybe not officially but tests who they're who they're going with right so we got into progressively harder and harder terrain on the horses i bitched out once the first day found out that you don't do that like like saying no or again yeah, it was too steep so we we looked at it and, and daryl and i both were like Mm-mm.
0: so you're saying bring a neck brace hey to, uh- <laughs> global shout out to global rescue <laughs> oh yes yes indeed uh you, you know that's one of the the benefits of uh safari club membership you get that that kind of rescue number i think there's yep. a deal too for for global rescue they are not sponsoring this podcast by the way but yeah but i highly recommend it north. if you're going to central asia i highly recommend it yeah because I've, I've been up north but i guess um like far northwest territories and they don't they don't actually operate out there which is which i found kind of surprising. But. Oh really. Yeah, like, uh, or there's a certain benefit, or, I, I don't know, we were we were 45-minute full plane right out, so yep. I wasn't, I wasn't yep. really too concerned, but, but so it was too steep, Yep. and, or you guys said it was too steep, and the guys probably looked at you like, We're you a bunch know, of pussies,
2: yep. yeah, like, what's yeah. wrong yeah. with you, again. it's too steep, like, yeah, so after being judged by a bunch of Kirgis the first time, you just ride through it. Yep. Oh beauty so what's it, what's it like riding a horse in such a uh, severe altitude? It's fantastic dude you can't I can't really begin to describe how cool it is. Oh, it's uh, yeah think of sheep hunting times 10 without the uh, without the physical exertion rate. the the shoes they make for the horses are actually made out of rebar they, they build them themselves. yeah my guide's That's wife so cool. actually builds the horseshoes um, which was totally cool. But um, they, they cling to absolutely anything that's in the in the soil, right? So they go up and down stuff that you and I would look at and be like, Mm-mm, so not hiking just, that.
0: So they're super sure-footed. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So,
2: so how's their pacing? Do they kind of pick their way
0: across, or do they just go like you're on a trail ride out in Canada? No, I'll
2: let your horse do its own thing. Just throw out the rein, and uh, half the time you're holding on the tail so you don't fall past its ears, and the other half the time you're holding on to the mane so you don't fall off the tail, right?
0: So, so what kind of saddle style is it? Is more like a Western
2: style? Or is it like an English jumping saddle? It's uh, no. It's like a, it, it's like an English style saddle, in the fact that it doesn't have a horn. Um, but it's kind of what it is is a metal saddle tree. It's just a bear tree, and then they throw on a couple of extra saddle pads. Right, put a strap over it for your cinch, and away you go. Oh man. So yeah, like, it, it's it's pretty hardcore. <laughs> so when you dismount, are you are you walking like a cowboy old Just super bow legged. Oh yeah. Well again, six foot two and a five foot five saddle, right? So yeah, I, I was walking kind of sauntering more than walking, <laughs> we'll put it that way. So how how how's the accommodation on the mountain side Actually we were pretty cool, to be honest. Um you spike camp when you need to. Other than that, the the base camp it's it's Central Asia. You're gonna get what you're gonna get. It's not like flying into a fishing lodge here, right? But Are you saying a yurt? Am I using that correctly, Blair? Yeah, yeah I think so. It's a yurt. Yeah. Okay. No, so we didn't stay in a yurt. There are some outfits that have yurts, and I'm look, talking to a guy right now that actually uses yurts. We stayed in a little lodge, um, which was super fancy. It had a coal, for, or a coal fire, uh stove, which was nice. It kept everything nice and warm. And then we even had kind of a rudimentary plumbing system. So oh, wow. we didn't have running water, but we had... Water. Gravitational running water, which was oh, yeah. good enough. So, yeah. so I know
0: that, Yeah. So I I hear they kind of have their own <laughs> booze culture out there. Did, did you, uh, and this is the Hard Liquor and Hunting Stories podcast. Uh, did you get to try any of the, um, the vodka. local beverages? What's it called? It's vodka. It's just vodka. It's vodka. Okay. So they didn't have anything. Uh, Dude, vodka costs 88
2: chain. cents for a 2.6. Everything is vodka.
0: So is it is it labeled or is it just like it, it comes in whatever random bottle they had and they just kind of give it to you? Yeah, a little bit of both. So what was your favorite? Did they serve it to you straight? Was
2: there a certain mixture? So you got to understand that we ate ibex for ten days. Um, so I'll every- <laughs> we'll, we'll walk you through the shoot just after. But anyways, yeah, sorry, yeah carry yeah. on. So ibex for ten days, everything straight alcohol. If it's not alcohol, it's water, just to try to wash the alcohol and the ibex down. There is no such thing as mixing up there. Well, man. Yeah.
0: How are your guts? It sounds like. <laughs> Dude, baby. Eating Ibex, hard liquor, and altitude. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't sound like a good situation. Ba-
2: two words baby wipes. <laughs> so I got to. Do they feed you coffee a lot? Uh, If you mean by coffee, vodka? Yeah. you bet. Oh, yeah. okay. I didn't realize they did, that. They did when, have some good tea. Gone. They did have good tea. Okay, do that. there so was I, no coffee. Because I recall, like, I don't
0: know if this issue is um, unique to myself or if it's more ever present along individuals in high altitude. Whenever I'm in super high altitude, my guts slow way yep. down. And I had this problem uh, in Tanzania. So the only way I get through it was drinking 16 coffees, which is the last thing Ooh. you want to do when you're hiking. But you know what? <laughs> I it, it sorted me right out. G- same issue, or is it just because the food was so gnarly? Just yeah, yeah, yeah. no issues. We'll just leave it at that. Oh man! So you weren't doing the team lean on the side of the mountain, holding on to your horse reins, or <laughs> holding a buddy wet with you? Hey, dude, doing the team lean off? The uh, you're not finding a tree, but you're, there's lots of rocks. Oh man! And here I thought you would be trying to drop a slinky off
2: the side of uh, some high feature. <laughs> Usually, from riding the horses, you were tightened so up. You're so tightened up that uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it wasn't an oh, issue. Man. So. So walk us through, you, you probably saw plenty of Ibex. Tons,
0: yeah, and, hundreds, literally. And I've had this experience, I'm sure you've probably had it before, is you see animals that look good to your eye because they're yep. all unique, they're so fascinating, they're so alien to you. But then the guy's like, ah, oh, no, You're like, I don't know, that's a pretty good one. And they just kind of shrug their shoulders like, nah.
2: Yeah, so nah. the cool thing was like first or second day, Yusik, who was my guide, course like you're saying the first ibex you see it's i want that one i want that and he goes no 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 this is a good one so after you've seen one good one you kind of okay yeah no we're we're good right um sorry just getting refill here yeah fair <laughs> enough um so anyways yeah mine like a goldfish um a- after you see one good ibex you're yeah this is kind of what we're looking for
0: beauty yeah. so so walk us through you saw the one you want it was it did you, did you get to spot it? Because I, I don't know about you guys, but when I when I beat the guy to spotting the animal, there's there's a sense of pride to it. When they spot it
2: before me, I kind of feel like a tourist. Like, oh. so I cheated just a little bit. Oh, nice. Um, everybody else went in for the afternoon nap, and I still had jet lag, so I was like, "Woohoo, we're still going!" Um, so I was glassing everything that there is to see. Right, and you're in a mountain valley, so there's not all that much to see. So I was, yeah, I saw the Ibex. I was like, hey, hey, Yusik, 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 wake up. So as soon as he he woke up, he's like, oh, good Ibex. So after that, it was kind of on, right? We actually spent about an hour waiting behind a cliff face for the Ibex to kind of move out of sight. And then we had to work our way up a drainage. So it's, uh, what, what seeing Ibex and getting into hunting position for Ibex or shooting position is is totally different. So so how was the stock? Walk us through the stock. Like, what kind of gear were
0: you using? What, what's What's the caliber of choice at that altitude out there? What do they use? Like 300 wind Mag, something like that. Yeah,
2: 300 wind Mag. Um, actually, my wife picked me up a Sacco for the for the hunt. Um, oh wow, you are spoiled, right? Yes, <laughs> I won't even argue that. Um, no, uh, Sako Sako 300 wind Mag with a Vortex uh, MOA PST reticle. So it was it was pretty cool. I had I had the right gear for it, but. Um, like I said, seeing Ibex and shooting Ibex are totally different situations. So was it on kind of the same high feature you guys were, or was it across a valley? So we were actually camped out for kind of our afternoon siesta right down in the valley bottom. Um, and I say down, I still mean like 14,000 feet, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Just a bit. Yeah. So down is relative, but, um, and they were, they were coming down off of a mountain face. We had to work our way up a drainage um, when, once we got to the head of the drainage, we had to climb a head wall up to a plateau to be able to take the shot. So the, it literally was the single hardest thing I've probably ever done. So walk us through the shot. So how, how many hours did it take to get your stock on and kind of get that sight picture before you sent it? So I'd like to say that I made some solid time in three hours. I did not make some solid time and distance in three hours. Three hours passed really fast and I went absolutely fucking nowhere. You know, it's the
0: Hard Liquor and Hunting Stories podcast. We're we're deep in the scotch. You can send any story to me you want.
2: I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. So out of the drainage, by the end of it, I was moving probably 25, 30 yards and I was just dropping. We're not talking sitting down, taking a break. I mean, dropping. Oh, wow. Yeah. Drop, sit down, breathe until you can actually breathe. Get up and go again. I said Daryl, the guy I was with, put in the solid six weeks. He's an older guy. He I've never thought I, I've known him for a long time. I've never seen him so close to having a jammer in his entire life. Oh shit. Yeah. So when we when we did work our way up to the plateau, it was it was perfect. They were coming down a almost a sheer face right in front of us, four hundred yards, right? So we did we did earn it when we got up there, but it was pretty much a gimme when we got to the top. It was cool. So you actually got to stop and enjoy the shot, right? So what, what was the distance? The yeah, range? kind of range to get you in four hundred yards.
0: I like it's how you like called that a gimme. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome though, man. So was it on the same high feature? What was the recovery like? Like, or sorry, in, what, what were you feeling when you sent it? Was the it sense of relief, or was it the sense of sadness that the trip had been
2: over? Oh dude, it was all part of it, right? There was no sense of relief at that point. It was just there was excitement where literally the we're all jumping on each other and we're laughing and kind of half-assed crying. Just sound like a little bitch. Um Hey,
0: emotional, (laughs) that's fine. But yeah, I I gotta ask, you guys are jumping, hooting hollering. Then you have to take the five minute break after, and then like,
2: woo, woo, yeah!
0: yeah uh, pretty, pretty and much whee! and then there and was a solid again?
2: shit how do we get over there oh shit so <laughs> yeah what, yeah so what was the recovery like sorry so we dropped down probably about 500 yards straight down then straight back up and and away we went up the the cliff face right so it was or i guess it wasn't cliff face it was all scree slope but it was oh,
0: well that stuff's fun to have to deal with
2: well it was cool too because my guide literally i'm looking at him and he's looking at me i'm like how do we get this out of here he goes kick and down rolls the ibex all the way to the bottom yeah, one oh, kick man. and it rolled probably 500
0: yards down the slope. So, I know a lot of places you go, they're very particular about the way the recovery is done because they don't want to damage your animal because you, you take all this time, all this effort. Dude,
2: we just want it in the bag. They just want it in the bag. There There is none of this really fancy recovery. It was just like, let's get this thing off. Plus, night was setting in two, right? So. Oh, yeah. So, is there any
0: uh, kind of predators out there you kind of <laughs> had to worry about?
2: <coughs> you all right? Yeah. It's
0: okay. It's a scotch. <clears> heavy just so podcast. emotional,
2: right? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no, there's wolves, but I mean, yeah, they probably
0: just, have some sort of cat, like some sort of like lynx or something. Well,
2: there is a uh, snow leopard. Snow oh, leopard, okay. way cool. Yeah, which was totally badass. I found some tracks. Um, never got close to seeing an actual snow leopard, but I did find some tracks. Did you do a cool. refill, buddy. Working on it. Oh, okay. Working on it. All right. Um, no, so anyways, we did the we did the recovery on the animal, um, and then the real story started after that. It actually was a bit of a shit show. We were coming out, and we had to wait for moonrise. Um, one of the big thing the guides are on over there is you don't use lights when you're on the horses. Period. Let the horses see where they're going, and if you can't, too fucking bad for you, right? So you keep your headlights off, keep your flashlights off, and you just ride out the horse on the way. Well, we're is that just when riding, or does that include when you're? No, just when, riding, just when you're just when you're on the horses, right? Okay, cool. So we're riding out. We waited about an hour and a half, two hours for the moon to rise up so that we could see where we were going. And you got to kind of picture, we're on this knife edge ridge coming down from the plateau. We're loaded up. We've got about 600 pounds of meat on us. Plus I'm not a little guy. You guys are looking at me here and all the other guys that are with us.
0: We're heavyweights here. It's okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So um, anyways, we're coming across this and there was just a little skiff of snow the night before. So maybe a centimeter of snow. My horse takes a spill on top of this knife ridge on a flat rock, right? Comes out comes out from underneath my legs. We start sliding down. I bail. Horse makes it about 20 yards. At about the 45-yard mark, there was a sheer drop right off, so I jumped off. The shit part came when, and I didn't know this, I had my little Spot X, which are absolutely useless for Asia. Um, I really? Broke, yeah, really? I, yeah. I thought they were kind of global. No. Yeah, well, no. Absolutely not. Um, Anyways, I broke the antenna off internally. Oh, shit. So my wife's at work uh, literally watching. Here's my husband, blip, 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 gone at about 10 o'clock at night in Kyrgyzstan. And you can see the topographical map, right? So it's at whatever altitude I was at. And with the ridge lines, yeah, you could tell it was pretty much a sheer cliff.
0: Stacy, can we get you on the mic to comment on that?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just, just walk right up to the mic.
1: Oh my
0: God, we have Stacy on the microphone. This is wonderful. Welcome to the show, Stacy. Thank you so much for agreeing and being put on the spot. We'll see if she tells the truth here. You know what? She can tell whatever truth she wants. I'm Fair totally fine with that.
1: So I was 36 weeks pregnant, and I was <laughs> sitting. <laughs> <laughs> and sorry, i was, sorry,
0: technical assistant Brooke just had a baby, so I'm sure he, he feels all the truth.
1: And I was sitting at work at my desk. And all of a sudden, I'm watching this map, and I just see dot, 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 and then nothing. And I can't get a hold of anyone. I mean, and that's tragic. I contact Sean. I'm like, what happened? He's like, well, we can't really get a hold of him, so I guess if he died, you'll find out in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: what was going through your head at that moment where
1: you're like, ah, you asshole,
0: where you're like, shit, I wish I could fly and have and, and done the hunt with him?
1: No. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I don't want to go there. I have no want to. Um, I wanted to kill him, to be honest.
0: I, I remember uh, when I was deployed, and I, re- I remember when I got hurt, I was thinking, man, if I die here, my mom is going to kill me. Fair play. <laughs> and it, were you like Googling? Because you know, we were talking about Google sending you wrong earlier. Were you Googling, how do I get a body back from Kragistan? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. I was like, I went in... Bob Merkley he's my boss I went in there and I'm like Bob this just happened like what do I do because Bob's hunted all around the world he's done Nepal for blue sheep and all sorts of weird hunts
0: Bob's kind of been everywhere Yeah, Yeah.
1: and Bob is kind of like if you've never met Bob he's just very mellow he's very easygoing. so I kind of go in having a panic attack like what is going on here and he kind of talked me down he's like it'll be fine it'll be fine it'll all work out And I guess it did, eventually.
2: Yeah, so I show up four days later after not knowing my texts were going out on the spot X. Oh, bummer. uh, Yeah, four days of drinking vodka with a bunch of Russians that randomly walked into camp. And I was like, hey, guess what? I'm out of the mountains. Yeah, she was not happy. (laughs) I I get it, though. I can see why.
0: The
1: last message I got was we just were met by an armed guard with AK-47s. And then I heard nothing. For about four or five days. And then the next message I got was, well, I shot my Ibex and then I went looking for rocks in the river and that's how it ended.
2: Yeah. So one of the things where we were hunting, you have to pass into it. um, It's a military zone, right? So there's a checkpoint there. So after like 37 hours of travel, when you really can't focus on anything, there's a guy that comes running at you with an AK-47 asking for your papers and yeah that's terrifying yeah <laughs> well
0: you know what? it's not so much the weaponry it's the guy's competency
2: around <laughs> you, they wave that i don't dragon. think they're special forces they come out of a little shock so oh, man yeah. so so when you finally got the word like did logan just like high five his buddy hey i'm still alive dude I think the only reason we're actually not divorced is because I was able to go back through my history. I didn't know that my spot X wasn't sending out messages, right?
0: D- does it give you a warning saying, nope. hey, no? No, nope. oh, really?
2: No, no, nope. oh, wow. no. Nope. Nope. You're, you're on your own, right? You're right on the edges. Like you said, their service area. So literally, I was sending out messages, you know, every five hours, 10 hours saying, hey, you know, we're all good. We're, we're doing still live. This. Everything's good. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Right. And I didn't know they weren't sending. So that's, uh, yeah, when she was, when I came back, she's like, you're not texting me. You never told me anything. I was like, no, I did. Well, at least you got that working for you. Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> she has this record
0: of you off a cliff. And, you know, it would have been quite funny like if somebody assumed your
2: identity. Hey, no, I'm Logan. You- <laughs> <Yeah."> <laughs> I have been gone for so long, you don't remember what I looked like. <laughs> yeah. Left with brown hair, came out with black. Shit. <laughs> so...
0: Getting around a lot. I know you hunt a lot of places. You mm-hmm. have to get a CITES permit. There's a lot yep. of kind of.
2: Um, if you're gonna get taxidermy, etc. Did you get that done over there? Because no, not I got nothing done over there except the CITES permit, um, which the guys were actually really cool to work with. It's not is everybody thinks it's a stumbling block. It wasn't a stumbling block, um, but I got the taxidermy done here. So
0: I did. You have to pay any extra? And I'm gonna say this in quotation marks for people can't see. Me, administrative cash fees. <laughs>
2: We'll just leave it at that. Fantastic!
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bring <laughs> cash.
2: BC, bring cash. You ever think you had to spend more in BC if you're going to Central Asia? <laughs> bring cash. Yeah. One yeah. of the things I learned though in South Africa though is Canadian Tire money. Oh yes, yes. I've uh, everywhere I go, I take a wad of Canadian Tire money.
0: Ah uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Do you want to explain why I look? Because <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're alluding to. Yeah. To me, so- it feels a little greasy <laughs> because whenever I, the first time I heard this story, I laughed for like a good 15 minutes. Then I laughed for like 10 minutes. I laughed for five minutes and then I laughed not at all. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So everywhere
2: I go, I take a massive wad of Canadian Tire money. Even to, depending where I'm going, I'll even take a new or a different uh, wallet with Canadian Tire money in it. Right. If I feel like I'm going to get mugged. Yeah. Um. You know, yeah. Yeah, right. No, seriously. Yeah. So, um so yeah, the Canadian Tire cards now suck because nobody wants to give you Canadian Tire money anymore. Exactly. But yeah, I've I'm <laughs> I don't believe in corruption straight up, so if you're going to ask me for money and I can get away with it, you're getting Canadian Tire Money. Yeah,
0: somebody's shaking you down. I wouldn't tip somebody a Canadian Tire Money, but if somebody's shaking <laughs> you down, i have I have no quops giving them that you know, Yeah, yes, totally. You right? know, it's hard work, <laughs> man's not getting that. But no, yeah. no,
2: like the guides, everybody gets paid, everybody gets paid American, but you know what? If you're going to try and screw me out of some money because you're corrupt, to hell with you, I'll pay you Canadian Tire Money. Yeah. Now, when Stacey was with me and we are in South Africa playing paying police in Canadian Tire Money, she got a little nervous, but the rule of thumb is act like it's supposed to go on, right? Ah! <laughs> There's no issues. Ah! You're supposed to be there? You're supposed to be there. Well, uh, I don't know if that I
0: I don't know if that uh circumvents any international Canadian law. I think anyway, regardless. Hey, corruption's corruption. I don't support it straight up. Hundred yeah. percent. But anyway, going back to so was that your last international hunt that you'd done? Or or did you guys do one since then? Because like I remember you and I we were, we were at a meeting and you you were talking about you had you were stuffed up, in your sinus. Do you recall this? And you oh and you were no, on the that was
1: before Kyrgyzstan. That was um, May of that year, May of eighteen. And then Logan did Argentina in oh, yeah. April so, of twenty nineteen. So Stacy, do you
0: recall Logan told me the story when we were both at a meeting? And as a dude who's really into gross stuff, I I laughed my fucking ass off, and <laughs> Stacy's just mortified. Do you want do you want to care to share that Logan? like like it's up to you man
2: like Which which one man you got to um, be It's it's you're on the plane that. and
0: He's you
1: talking about like... the tick up
2: your nose. Yeah oh, <laughs> the tick yeah That was <laughs> South Africa again Oh shit okay 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 so uh inform the uninitiated Right so okay so covid aside um we're in South Africa and the one the one tracker sick right so it's South African cold and flu so <laughs> I all the sickness everybody's getting sick so Stacy gets sick and then I get sick. And then my, hers cleared up during the course of the hunt. Mine never went away. So it was just getting worse and worse to the part where I was getting more and more congested and my eyes swelled shut. So trying everything I could think of over the... Very nicely done. Um, o- over, the pot of, over the pot of boiling water to picking your nose to st- hot steamy showers. Everything you could think of, right? It just would not go away. So, um, by the end of the hunt, we're flying back in Johannesburg, and she looks at me. She's like, I don't... She goes, you don't look good. I don't feel good. We get it to Germany. Germany, I literally got off the plane. I'd sweated through my belt. Um, like a leather belt. Yeah, like my oh, leather belt. Yeah, like man. I did not feel... Went for a shower the whole meal deal in Frankfurt. Still didn't feel good. I was surprised they actually let me on the plane to come back to Calgary. Oh, man. On the plane to Calgary, uh, went to take a piss. And they're like... <laughs> I'm like, ah, a couple of my nose, blew my nose, and there was a tick about the size of my pinky fingernail come out of my sinuses.
0: Oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah.
2: So it was a happy little tick, right? It was all full. Comes out of my sinuses, and it was just like, ah. Everything opened up. I could breathe again. There was a little bit of a blood clot come out, and it was like my eye, my swelling, my eye went away. Everything went back to normal. Um, we get, I get back to my seat, and she's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fantastic. This is the first time in two weeks I felt good. Um, tick so, was dead though, right? Well, you didn't introduce. Oh, it was when I species. No, like it out. was when I flushed <laughs> it out the toilet. We get back and my doctor's like, "Did you save the tick?" Fuck no, I didn't save the tick. I Flushed <laughs> it out the toilet. What do you mean I saved the tick?
0: So, so do you have any ancillary aftereffects? Yeah, dude, writings? I don't have hay fever anymore.
2: Dude, I'm so jealous because uh, every Jude in my face gets ruined. Yeah, no, I I even told my doctor because I was kind of concerned. Right, I've always had bad hay fever. I'm like. Yeah, buddy. Um, am I supposed to, you know, not have hay fever? He goes, Well, if that's all it takes to get rid of your hay fever, good on you. I'm like, Yeah, no, but should we not be kind of concerned about what kind of symptom this might be to what what it's preluding to? No, no, it's good, it's good. So this
0: sorry, this tick was from South
2: Africa. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh,
0: well, next time, next time we're in
2: Africa. Yeah, put a
0: tick up your nose. Yeah, yeah. Just gonna be snorting him like uh, like we're <laughs> '80s rock stars, I guess. <laughs> <the trend. laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like there's some scientific research to be done there. Obviously, yes. like the world's got other problems right now, but perhaps, perhaps, reactin will be out of business. Well, exactly. Or Osbourne yeah. with the ants—that's that's nothing. Ticks. I've that's, seen Medicine Man, jam. Sean Connery. God, I was so choked; it wasn't a Bond film. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah,
2: South Africa has been hard on me. I've come out of there a couple of times, and like I said, just about lost my leg, and then just yeah. About yeah,
0: yeah, man. True. You got you got hammered deep with one of them nails. You got uh, you got the tick bite. So Kyrgyz- yeah. Kyrgyzstan, 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 Kyr- Kyr- Kyrgyzstan, Kyrgyzstan. Kyrgyzstan. Uh, God, I I really have to get better at pronouncing every place. That's just your accent, apparently. So what's uh? I know I know the world is kind of upside down right now. Where have you guys? Have you guys been on any hunts since that one, or is there one that's kind of
2: caught your attention Dude, that you're waiting on? Norths or wolves, Northern Alberta. That's the Scotch talking, about it was wolves, Northern Alberta. After that, but,
0: but I think I think I saw that, hunt. I think you posted something on social media. Yeah, perhaps I know. I know wolves are controversial in some places, but not necessarily here in Alberta. No, they're a pest here in Alberta. One hundred percent. Yeah, I went out on. Uh, I went since we're talking about pandemic briefly right now. So I went out on a wolf and elk hunt a number of years ago, and I got swine flu on the second day of my hunt. <laughs> Shitty. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, I was out down by a Pincher Creek area, and I got bad. And I felt bad because the people hosting me, like I didn't know them from a hole in the wall. They knew me for a whopping three or four hours. And that was a really unpleasant experience. All my muscles singed up. I was thrown up all over myself. I've never filled my belly button with puke that many times. (laughs) But yet, I managed to. So, I don't know. Perhaps this is the year where I go back? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So, if the world was... uh, I don't say back to square one, but uh, more or less operating normally without the pandemic. What's next, or what's what's your goal? What's your dream? I don't say dream hunt because what is what is my, what is a dream hunt like? But what's uh, dude? Dream hunt's the next hunt. Yeah. So so Phyllis said, man, what's the next hunt?
2: Next hunt is Arctic.
0: Arctic. Ooh. Yeah. Stacy. Ooh, Stacy... See, we got you on the mic. Do you uh, do you concur? Do you agree, or are you a little apprehensive?
1: It's gonna be forty below so on a snow machine.
2: Arctic Arctic hunt. I asked the outfitter. She's in the truck, right? I got the speakerphone in the truck. Uh, Beauty. She's thinking, yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming to the Arctic. I'm coming to the Arctic, right? So I asked. Uh, it's Kyler Nelson. I asked him like, so straight up, man. Um, we get up there. We where am I taking a shit? Like it's it's in the middle of absolutely <laughs> nowhere, right? Minus forty, middle of the Arctic winter. Where am I going? It's a fair question,
0: uh, right? I w- I would say rather quickly.
2: Uh, he he goes. That was his answer. He goes. Well, I'll tell you what. You're not going to check your phone while you're doing it.
0: So I've I've got a good friend. He's uh he's from Quebec, Jocelyn Demers, and he runs uh, an outfitting guy out there. So if you're looking, for, well, if you don't have anybody in mind, I can I can. Uh, I went out there with him and it was extra fun. It was a lot of um it was a lot of relieving That's yourself. That's northern and, Quebec. Sorry, no no, this is Northwest Territories. Oh, so really? He has a 45 minute float plane float plane ride out of Yellowknife. Amazing. I was there on a fishing trip, but he he kind of does both. Cool. Amazing. It was a lot of uh using the bag and, and getting her done and getting eaten to shit by mosquitoes, but if you're going from oh man, Muskox Yeah. yeah.
2: So, yeah, well, it's gonna be like it's gonna be just like another world, right? So you're minus forty. You're on sleds. We're two hundred miles out into the tundra.
0: So where, whereabouts are you guys looking at? You're looking at a specific island. You're gonna fly a yellow knife. You're gonna fly a Yukon. You to go to Alaska. Cambridge Bay.
2: Cambridge Bay. Oh, that's yeah. We're up there. so you fly into Cambridge Bay, and then um, you're out from there, and you're about two hundred miles. So the cool thing about this is I'm going retro fully. So oh, beauty. Sheepskin bomber jacket, aviator bomber jacket. Uh, I even got the goggles to go with it. So.
0: You ever, you ever seen those vintage? They're like uh, they're like U.S. military winter masks, and they kind of look like Gimp masks. Yes, yes. <laughs> <I know> exactly. <laughs> what you're talking. Yep. About. Logan, if you go, can you take a picture of your animal with a Gimp mask on? Dude, totally. Okay, cool. totally. Cool. Just because I think it would be uh, I don't know. I think it'd be a funny thing to post online. I, I on bet you like that. Like the mask or Logan in the mask? Oh, I'm a little concerned. <laughs> you're gonna see <laughs> in the mask, right? <laughs> well, well, I don't know. I think that's the ultimate COVID nineteen winter mask. There you go. Well,
2: you know what? If you're out in the middle of nowhere, that's about as far away for social distancing as you're ever going to get, right?
0: So when when uh when's your timeline because i know the north right now they're very restrictive about who gets to go up there yeah
2: nobody so i was supposed to go this spring nobody in nobody out um they're they're 100 locked down right now which is cool because they've actually had no cases up there last time i checked so fair play right
0: yeah Yeah, the distance and the resources kind of make it a challenge yeah uh, i got i got friends who i know from the military who work in some very remote communities yeah in healthcare, and it sounds awesome Sounds awesome sounds very cool but you know different strokes for different folks it's not for everyone for sure
2: no I, I just want to go it's about as close to hunting on another world as you're ever gonna get right like you're at minus 30 minus 40 with a 50 kilometer wind you' you're you're not exposing skin you're not like it, it's about as extreme as you're gonna get plus two it's the top of the world man so did you find this hunt on Google uh no.
1: <laughs> no he found it on instagram
2: yeah what she said
0: what time of year do you go up there do you want to go
2: so you can go long days or long nights no so you can go uh august september or you can go in the spring right again i had the opportunity to go in the spring or sorry in the fall um just have no interest in it man i want to be able to get out on sleds and go and and, and actually it, like i said it's gonna be another world man so I've hunted here at minus thirty, but there it's ten days minus thirty. You're you're living in the ice box. Yeah, I and mean, it's like you're on Mars. Yeah, exactly. Right. So.
0: Oh man, that's awesome. Well, you know, guys, I think we're we're. I'm looking over at Brooke. Are we? Uh, what's our timeline looking like, Bud? You're 105 now but it's before all the beginning kind of fuckery. So. Okay, so I, I say we're probably close to an hour. Um, Logan, I'd like to. I see you just gave yourself a refill. I think I think now a really good time to uh, to sign off. Fair play. I, yeah, I think uh, I, I think it's been great. I'd like to thank you for making the time to come out this way. I know we live some distance apart, but uh, you know, dude, thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing your story with us. I've uh, as a parting gift, I have some coffee for you from one of our sponsors, the gentleman over at Bolt Action Coffee. Cool. I know uh, I know you've had the, the good pleasure to enjoy some of their specialty coffee before. Yeah. And I know you and I were both linked in through our local Safari Club International chapter. And uh, you know what? Thanks for coming on, Stacy. I see you looking over there, very apprehensive about being on the microphone, but I would definitely like to, uh, Stacy is a a very premier hunter in her own right, so I would very much like to pick her brain, perhaps in another episode. Yeah, we'll have Stacy on. Oh, yeah. Oh. Hi, DP. And you know what? I think we need Logan for color commentary on that (laughs) one. (laughs) She likes to tell half of the story. So I'll I'll fill in the other half for her. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, seeing as that we've kind of uh, approached the end of our time together, well, our recorded time together anyway, is there any kind of message you'd like to leave uh, to our listeners, potential listeners, to anyone else, man?
2: Yeah, anybody that's thought of going international, straight up, just go. Don't listen to anything that anybody else says. Everybody's gonna tell you it's not for you. Everybody's gonna tell you that it's not affordable. Everybody's gonna tell you you shouldn't go. Fuck them. Literally, just go.
0: I love that, and uh, definitely, uh, I find I find connection with that. Blair, what are you? What are you feeling, man? Yeah, I'm down with that. You you made Central Asia sound exciting and terrifying
2: <laughs> i not gonna like I don't want to go now <laughs> we're putting together a team for 2021 oh shit this is gonna be wild
0: <laughs> wild <laughs> wait wait thanks thank you for listening thanks to our guest thanks to our production assistant you're listening to the Hard Liquor and Hunting Stories podcast every single